Welcome to another exciting episode of RNF Unlocked. I'm Neil Morrison and today we'll be discussing the heart-stopping crashes that are an unwanted but sadly a necessary part of this sport. What goes on behind the scenes and what is the immense effort needed to get back on track after a crash? The preparation and the resilience required to keep these teams running. I'm Neil Morrison. I'm here with uh, my co-host Adam Wheeler. Also delighted to say that joining us today is none other than Wilco Zielenberg. Hello, Wilco. Hello. And also uh, rejoining us again is uh, team coordinator Stan Meekin. Hello, Stan. Hi. Welcome back to the show. Cheers. <laughs> Gentlemen, we're recording on Friday at uh, Phillip Island. Um, kind of weird circumstances that we have here in that we've just heard mm -hmm. the MotoGP feature race has been moved from Sunday to Saturday. Um, initial reactions, guys, to that? Is it uh, yeah. the right move, do you think? No, I, I feel uh, it's a right call. So they give 60, 70 kilometers per hour of wind and, and rain for, for Sunday's race. And uh, yeah, with these bikes, as we have seen in 2019, I think it was, they had red flagged it a couple of times and it was too dangerous to ride because we are so close to the seaside and it comes from the right side of the main straight over the crest basically to the left side. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, they will blow off the racetrack. And of course, uh, you know, being here in Australia, you want to have a race and uh, to, to change it uh, to Saturday, of course, for the, for the fans is, uh, is a big thing as well, but it's better to see them racing on a Saturday than not see, not see them racing on the Sunday, you know? So of course we have the sprint race on Sunday anyway. Being a Dutchman as well, Wilco, racing on Saturday is not a strange thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, they changed this uh, the last couple of years, but uh, yeah, it is a bit weird, of course, but uh, you know, the predictions are so bad that I, I think they make the right call. Of course, saying that uh, they are not changing it for Moto3 and Moto2, so I feel also sorry on that side for these boys, you know, because yeah, uh, you can imagine what they are looking forward to. Absolutely. This episode is all about crashes, but just before we get into that, Wilco, just want to ask you about last weekend in Indonesia. A bit of a complicated weekend in the end for uh, for your boys. Yeah. Um, Miguel had an incident where he was pushed off track, but he also mentioned he maybe made the wrong rear tire choice. Uh, how did you see the yeah. Indonesian race? No, no, correct. Actually, um, of course, the, the action from from Brett. Uh, yeah. At the moment, this is this is the way basically a MotoGP to pass people because they are so tied together, and you have basically no chance to pass them on the straight or during acceleration. You have to do it on the braking, and if you don't make it, uh, you are going to touch each other. And and yeah, we are in the situation having a soft rear tire. Uh, from the sprint race, it really worked quite okay, and that was sprint race was 13 laps. But uh, of course, having the year before uh, a wet race, you don't have enough data to, to, to spend 18, 19 laps in a row on the same tire. So we really thought, okay, the tire will drop, but actually in the main race, uh, the biker is heavier and, and you don't ha have that data. So after 10 laps, the, the tire just dropped so fast. So we really made a wrong call on that one. And uh, yeah, the whole group was, was catching and, and they, they need to try to find a way to pass through him. And, uh, yeah, that was that collision, of course, that costed uh, a lot of time. But on the other side, we would also be uh, struggling uh, and, and go backwards anyway. So uh, we need to face the facts and we made a wrong call there for sure. And uh, let's try to uh, find a better position here. Absolutely. Tomorrow, a good chance to maybe rectify that. So going into the, the topic of crashes, um, Stan, coming to you, I guess, do you come into a weekend expecting that there will be crashes? And, and how do you put the work in 
before the, the, the practice session starts on Friday to kind of prepare for that? You always have to expect the worst. Otherwise, uh, that's when you do get in trouble. But the, the, the mechanics, the lads, the, everything's all ready to go from each race. Like we have one box each with all this, like the spare parts, which are ready to go on. If it's a small crash, if it's a bigger crash, the spare parts guys, mats, they'll get involved as well and start start bringing uh, the bigger parts if you if you really do need them. But it all depends on the circuit as well. Some circuits have got horrendous gravel which destroys the bike and some circuits is tarmac runoff so it just grinds out on one side. So you, you've always got to expect the worst but sometimes you look at it and think oh, that might be all right. Okay, I guess there's some tracks like Le Mans, we're always seeing huge amounts of crashes yeah. there. So maybe do you go to races like that with uh, maybe some more spares than, than normal or is it the same for every weekend? Normally when you've got no spares, you don't crash. But when you've got spares, you crash like crazy, so you end up with no spares anyway. That's that's kind of how it works. Like It's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like starting the weekend with a new leather normally doesn't really help, you know, because there's always a bit like, mm, should I do this? From your guys' experience, is there one area or one part of the bike that's particularly resistant, that seems to last well? I mean, like the brake calipers, for example. Or no, our strong? left side of the bike is very strong <laughs> because we constantly <laughs> crash it on the right side. <laughs> Actually, we are in Phillip Island. We have zero right side panels and we have like 14 left side panels left over. So uh, also with this seven rounds overseas, it doesn't help, you know, because finally we have a couple of crashes is not a big problem, but when they're all on the same side, this, then this problem starts, you know, because finally on the right side, you constantly <laughs> and you don't have enough to, to rebuild 15 times, for example, you know, so we, we can make quite some crashes, but uh, clearly we need to have a, yeah, a transportation to uh, Buriram with the right side panels. I guess it can be a difficult thing as well in this part of the season when we're away from, I guess, where the warehouse is, where maybe spares are kept. Um, you have to pack anticipating the yeah. worst, I guess, for this run that, of That's one races. problem with Lombok. You can't send stuff to Lombok from Europe. It's too expensive and too complicated. So, And even to here, you've got, quite, you, you've got six days shipping ready to here. To, so if somebody says on Monday morning, I'll oh, send something, you say no, otherwise it's going to get here on the following Monday when you've already uh, left. <laughs> right. So, like, if you want something in Birmingham, you're talking about it last week, not, not today. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're quite lucky here because you've got the time difference, so you can probably send an email now and somebody will react on it to start sending it. But even then, you're thinking to yourself, oh, "We've got to, got to ride as luck," kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, just to ask you. If you can take us through the process, let's say that one of your riders has a, a small crash in one of the sessions through a weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you see the bike being transported back to the back to the box. What is the kind of process to get that bike ready um, in very quick time? Well, it depends which uh, practice it is. When it's a morning practice, it's always uh, quite critical because you, you know you have uh, directly uh, all qualifying or FP2, which are both very important practices. So actually when it's a crash in FP1 or the free practice two, then basically it's not good because uh, you run out of time and, and if, if the bike tumble once or twice, it's cover it up and you have to qualify uh, with one bike or you have to have the whole FP2 with one bike only. This is another story because in that time from FP1 to FP2, there is a little bit more space and they can rebuild. 
but for the Saturday morning, you know, in, in the in the FP or the yeah, FP two, then uh, you hit directly Q one and Q two. Normally, if you have a crash in the morning, it, it's gone, you know, because there are stones everywhere. You need at least one hour, even if it's a, sl a, a small one. When there are stones around, you have a problem. You need to check everything, and then uh, of course you try to make it ready again for the sprint race, but. Uh, yeah, overall, they will always try to fix it, but uh, sometimes you need to say, look, leave it here and focus on, 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 uh, on the bike that is still around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like mechanics are highly professional anyway, Wilco, but sometimes in those very critical situations when time is a big factor, is it quite impressive to see the way the team works and goes through the process and the formula yes. to get everything ready? Yeah, they, but... Yeah, it's impressive, but it's also chaotic, you know, because there are the, the, the pit boxes are small and, and you cannot bring a lot of storage space that you say, ah, all the panels are nice and there. No, it's a big boom and everybody's helping to get the stones out and, and to find the right parts. But of course, we have uh, uh, handlebars ready left and right and, and, and front forks and swing arms and wheels, you know, this is easily done. But when there are stones everywhere, you need to take everything apart and that's where it starts to go wrong because if something is in a little sensor or whatever then then you can prepare the bike but it will not start or you do one lap and you come in so you really have to clean it properly so uh, that that's that's basically now with all the handles especially on the on the steering it is uh yeah very sensitive stan from a mechanics point of view how difficult is it to maintain cam and work when you know the clock is ticking and basically a rider getting out back on track is kind of up to you guys. I think by the time they're used to it, you, you know what I mean? And sometimes the people will say, no, 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 and that's it, just throw the cover straight on it. But then sometimes might be, get a bit over enthusiastic and say, come on, we'll have a go, we'll have a go. But <laughs> normally, you know, in the back of your mind, no, this isn't gonna happen, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But like same as Wilco says, sometimes you can, you're better off saying, no, we'll leave it there because you try and fix it, and sometimes you can create yourself more work than just say, right, leave it, let's do the, do the other one and, and see how we yeah. go. A proper check is, is, is very important. And on the Friday, of course, you wanna, you, the good point from MotoGP is we have two bikes. They only can ride one. So if they crash one, they know they have only one left. This is quite, quite simple, you know? So they also need to take care about that. So if they know they work harder and they push harder and they push more, and they, you have another one on the floor, you know? This is also not what you want. So sometimes you also need to calm them a little bit down. Okay, it went wrong, no problem. But you have only one bike and we need to still make laps, you know? Because it's not just about, uh, you know, time attack. It's a feeling you need to prepare yourself well for the race. Stan, I mean, when it comes to organisation and logistics, I mean, spare parts and storage and organisation, that must be a big, big thing, because obviously you have the race trucks in Europe, but over here when you're working out of boxes, being able to keep X amount of fairings or panels or everything else, it's, that must be quite complex. It, we try and keep the same, because everything has a, has a allotted space, so everything is the same in the truck and the same uh, here. There's one or two boxes that we can't bring uh, with us, but it just gets moved into a different place. So everything always is in the same place because you can't move things around constantly. It'd be a disaster. Like. Yeah. So we, we have those six flight cases for spare parts, which are huge and it's like 3000 kilo or whatever about. But anyway, so they go into the trailer or they go into the pit box and fly out. So everything always is together, all the spare parts. Mm -hmm. But that, that is a big, uh, 
yeah, big, big benefit and a must, basically. Okay. I'm sure a lot of people listening uh, might have this question. When they see a MotoGP bike have one of those massive crashes where it hits the gravel and let's say it somersaults and we see parts going everywhere, the bike looks like it's told. How long are we talking before you can put that bike back together? Because obviously there might be some items that are retrievable, some that aren't. Can you give us a general idea of what's involved there? Difficult one, that, isn't it? Yeah. Every crash is different. Like right. Sometimes you see them and you think, ooh, and it's actually all right. Then other times you see, and oh, that'll be all right. And it's you got a hole like through that. somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, 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 it's hard to predict. Anyway, and, anyway, if we need to rebuild a new bike, because that's where you're talking about, basically. Yeah. So you say, okay, uh, engine is okay or whatever, but you need to clean it out anyway. So engine out and everything. They, they spent maybe two and a half hours, and the bike is ready. Yeah. But this is also something where maybe fans are not aware that the 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 architecture of a motorcycle race bike is important as well, isn't it? Because it has to be something that can be dismantled and reassembled yeah. um, in a practical way. Yeah. I mean, they're very complex pieces of machinery, but they are also kind of practical, I guess. Yeah. Yes. No, it's correct. It's correct. So, uh, yeah, out of the fact if the engine is is damaged or the chassis is damaged or the front foot is broken, we have all the parts together, and it's sometimes better to say, "Go, we anyway uh, disassemble and we use the parts that are still okay, but assemble again." So it's actually more all the dust and the mud that you need to clean takes the most time. To rebuild is actually quite quickly done. It's just which cable wire is broken, which connector is still good. And so this takes actually the most timing. Wilco, when you were racing and you know you had a crash and everything was built again quickly and you went back out again, um, I mean, you yourself got into a zone, but did you, you know, I mean, you must have felt sometimes differences on the motorcycle and wondered, is this a bit twisted or you know, there must have been some insecurities. <laughs> well, yeah, I've crashed bikes basically in the warm-up lap and still race them, you know. So with with uh, foot pegs uh, two centimeter and, and no rear brake and uh, and, the, and the, you know the front brake up or down. But uh, yeah, that's correct. When you jump on the bike and 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 uh, you know the handlebars are not in the same position or whatever. But yeah, you know, you, you, when it's the racing, it's racing, and it doesn't matter if it's one millimeter off or not. So you have to do it. But uh, yeah, these bikes are quite. Uh, more advanced and we have everything fixed in, in, a, in a certain way that you don't have to measure it up. It's, it's all, it's, it's, it's directly uh, the setting that, uh, that they are used to, you know, this is important to, to, uh, yeah, to give them. But sometimes the riders just have to get on with it as well. Like, did Aish win in Silverstone with half a wing? Half yeah. the front wing? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes it makes you think, ah, they can just get on with it. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, sometimes you hear riders say, oh, I had my number two bike and it didn't feel the same as the number one. Yeah. I mean, there's psychology involved, isn't there, I guess? Uh, yes, for sure. Just swap them around and change the number. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, guys, your first uh, season with Aprilia, um, after several years working with Yamaha, uh, the, the kind of process to build the Aprilia, I'm not asking for specifics, but did it require a, a big kind of change of, of mind to how you worked on the Yamahas, or are they very similar in terms of putting things together and, and building them up? Uh, I would say they're completely different. One's Japanese and one's Italian. You need two toolboxes with an Aprilia, but you need three spanners with a Yamaha. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's completely different. Uh, like, but we have more staff now, we have more staff from Aprilia. It's, it's a different uh, thing. Like. Okay. Well, even something like delivery times. I mean, I, I know from other Japanese teams, they have to make the order 
in the winter and then the stuff comes, you know, from Japan. I mean, that's a whole process that maybe for you guys is much easier now. But, well, actually, it's a bit opposite, <laughs> yeah. I have to say, yes. Yeah, because the, the M1, of course, has been there for many, many years. And, and all the parts, of course, even when they change, but they're really programmed, you know, it's a Japanese style. So at every racetrack, a big box is coming with spare parts. So it's not a question of are they there. So they struggle more sending things now over the world from Italy, basically to Lombok or whatsoever, than the Japanese did to Lombok, you know, because it's a yeah, different country. So, uh, no, I, I would say uh, with the Yamaha it was more uh, easy to control the spare parts because they have an X amount of people demanded to that. And actually, uh, yeah, if I have to compare it that, so that amount of people is developing the Aprilia, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a different uh, mind game. But uh, yeah, from both uh, point of views, it's something to say because you, you need spare parts, you need to be prepared and you want to be ready, but also you want to have your development uh, going on. Absolutely. We've spoken a lot about the mechanical side of crashes, but I want to talk a little bit about the human side. Obviously, um, crashes impact riders psychologically, sometimes physically as well. But what, Wilco is a kind of team manager. Um, what role do you play whenever a rider has had quite a fast crash or a big crash? You see him come back to the yeah. to the box. He's maybe a little unsure of what exactly happened. I mean, what's the kind yeah. of process to see if oh, everything's okay? I, yeah, you're, you're right. So, I, you know, the, the doesn't matter when or which kind of mistake they made. You know, but they are on the floor. So the first thing I always say when they're coming, are you okay? You know what I mean? So that means I don't give a damn what how the bike is, but are you physically okay to continue? And yeah, yeah, I'm fine, you know? So this is what you want to hear. And I think this is um, what you need to say, basically, because, you know, this is uh, uh, still the human part of, of, of racing, you know, they, they put their balls on the fuel tank and they take the risk. And if they go off because of a mistake of themselves or, or from somebody else or there is oil or water whatsoever, that doesn't matter. We see directly what, what happened, you know, the crashes are normally, you know, repeated and repeated enough times to see what went wrong there. But, uh, and it doesn't matter so much. It's, it's important when they come back that, that you ask the right question, say, are you okay and safe? You know, if no collarbones, no, no, it's okay. You know, the, then they also think, actually, no, I'm okay. And also it's fine. You know what I mean? This is also a mindset, you know, instead of I crashed, you know, so being grumpy and oh, I crashed, you know? And uh, so I think this is, um, yeah, the right way to, to attack it. And then of course, how, big was the crash and, you know, did they hit the head or not, you know, so this is something, of course, uh, also important to check. Well, I don't want to keep pulling you back to the good old days, but when you see even the rider, we're talking about the machinery, but the riders now carrying airbags, um, helmet technology with uh, rotational acceleration um, measures and stuff <laughs> like that, is it quite impressive to see how well they're protected compared to when you were racing? Yes, yeah, no, I agree with that. So it, it's it's much and much safer than we were out there. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's the way it goes, you know. So that with those airbags, even in the in the smaller classes, I spoke with boys and they say, oh, I even don't feel anymore if I crash. They just bounce, ping, 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 you know. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it's also a mind changer, you know, because uh, yeah, in the in the past, you, you for sure, you twisted your ankle or your wrist or whatever, you know, there was also always a knuckle open or, especially when you're sweating, you don't want to have uh, scratches, you know, because it's always uh, irritating. But 
yeah, of course, with big ones as we have seen as well in MotoGP. And we have seen a lot this year, I have to say, with the whole program. Uh, and we also have seen big injuries again, you know. So if the impact is hard, you, the bones are just still breaking, you know. Can you think of a time, Wilco, when a rider's had a big one and physically they're okay, but you can see they're a little bit spooked perhaps, and you've said, maybe it's best you just <laughs> sit back for 10 minutes and process what happened before going out again? Yes. Like, uh, no, no, for sure, for sure. We, we, had, uh, we had those moments and uh, also opposite. You know, we, we had Fabio here in 2019 when he crashed in Siberia and he, he was also, he, he, he hurt his leg, I think, uh, bad, but on, on the ankle or whatever. But he was crying a little bit too loud, so they directly gave him an injection uh, against the pain. And then half an hour later, he wanted to ride again in FP2 water. He was not allowed because they gave him the injection that he was not allowed to ride anymore. So it's always sometimes the, the, you know, the world upside down. Stan, from the team's perspective, of course, the rider is the first concern and you know, when they're, they're fit, but then you look at the cost of the crash or the crashes. I mean, if we take Mark Marquez this year, I think he's well over 25 accidents now. I mean, is there a point where you as the star think, oh, you know, give us a break, you know? I mean, you're crashing the thing every other week, it's, uh, it's nah, making life more complicated. Yeah, well, that's why we're here in a way, isn't it? And the cost doesn't really affect us too much. You need to speak to Aprilia about that if they start complaining. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you can't moan. If, as long as they're trying their best and everybody's all right, that's, that's why we're here. You just got to, sometimes you got to like it and love it, haven't you? You know what I mean? And from a, from a mechanics point of view, Stan, when a rider has come back to the garage and has just had a big crash, what's the tactic? Is it stay, just give them some space or...? They're all different, aren't they? Right. Like Crutchlow will come moaning, kicking something or something like that, but Miguel might just go and sit down. They're all, they're all completely different. Like, yeah. I'm sure with Crutchlow it'll be somebody else's fault, even if it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> You'd agree with that one, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he will moan, he will moan to... To the moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, just one final thing then. I'm looking ahead to the rest of this weekend. Um, we've seen uh, Maverick super strong here. Uh, this should be a track that works well for the Aprilia guys. Miguel maybe didn't have the best day today on Friday, but I mean, how do you see this weekend progressing? Yeah, you're correct. Uh, seems like we have boys in the front and boys in the back. So uh, the boys are analyzing uh, where we lose most of the time. And uh, yeah, clearly the fast parts uh, is still a struggle for Miguel. And uh, we have nine corners that are really fast here. So uh, yeah, we need to uh, dig into it to try to turn uh, the ball around for tomorrow. Of course, uh, the race is tomorrow. So it's also a little bit of a game changer in, in this area. Uh, Raul goes actually quite well. So I, I see, uh, you know, he could not qualify Q2, but he had the pace and he said he made a little bit of a mistake in Honda corner. And MG, just, just not enough uh, aggression to attack the corner because he missed one or two tenths. But uh, saying that, uh, I think he's uh, yeah, in a good spirit, basically. He feels well with the bike and, uh, of course, that makes a big difference here. And, and Miguel is the opposite. He doesn't have the right connection with the tires and his, and his machine at the moment. Okay, well... Uh, let's hope that uh, Raul can pull off a good result and that Miguel can make the necessary improvements. I think that pretty much wraps us for this episode, everyone. We hope you've had as much fun listening as we did recording this episode about MotoGP and crashes, how our teams managed to react to them. So thanks very much, Wilco. And thanks as well, Stan, gentlemen, for joining us today. Thank you. And uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed this show, hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any of our future content. Of course, drop your comments 
on the topics below. And uh, we'll see you again next week.